0: Welcome to Connection with Brian and Nicole Wright.
1: Hi there, welcome to Connection with Brian and Nicole.
0: <laughs> we're so glad you're with us this week and <laughs> we're from North Carolina if you couldn't tell. That. <laughs> we know it's all that like, Hi there, it was awesome, I liked it.
1: <laughs> you, you said He said he wanted the show to be real. I did. Um, I'm being me.
0: So we had, so we can share with them, we had the opening on on this already that didn't go right. And she was like, oh my goodness, hey. (laughs) It was great. I loved it. And that's that's part of what we want. We wanted to be very real, so that was good.
1: Well, what's funny is because today's message is, what is reset? And I was like, well, it's what we just did, (laughs) thanks to my mess up.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we re- re- we reset and started reset again. Today we're talking about what is it. So, what is it? You got it? Or you it's want a
1: five-letter to- word. <laughs> <laughs>
0: we're in the mood on this one. That's awesome. So, we uh, there was back in I think it was 2013. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think we've actually said this yet, but uh, we pastor a church called Boomerang Church in Albemarle, North Carolina, and. I've been pastoring now for almost seven years, and in 2013, I was reviewing that year at the end of the year and stepping into 2014, and one of the things that I noticed in 2014 as I was sitting on the couch was I just had this feeling in my heart, although we had had a good year, it really was an awesome year, but I just had this feeling in my heart that there was more. And it wasn't just me, it wasn't me uh, not being at peace or uh, not being content, it was the Holy Spirit saying, Brian, there's more. And in that process, uh, I believe that the Lord said this to me very clearly, Brian, you can have the best preaching in the world, but without fellowship, you really don't have anything. Uh, And I got to thinking about that, because at first I wasn't sure that that was God, and Second, I wasn't sure that I actually heard it correctly. Um, I wanted to make sure, all right, is this right? And then I got to thinking about where Jesus says, you know, why do you call me Lord, Lord, but you don't listen to what I say? And then he says, there's a whole bunch of you that are going to, you know, say that, and I'm going to tell you, depart from me. I never knew you. So, in other words, they had great preaching. Yeah. But they weren't doing and he wasn't Lord. They didn't have fellowship with Jesus Christ. And I went, that is very true. And that really, when he said that, you can have the best preaching in the world. We had had some great messages that year. But without fellowship, you really don't have anything. And all of a sudden, I just I just kind of took a look at myself. And I just had to just really take a uh A poll of my own self and say, where am I at here with this fellowship with God? And we had been in kind of a low. We've talked about that on another show a couple weeks ago, and I just needed to say, you know what? I don't. My relationship, my fellowship, is not where it needs to be. And as I started taking a look at that, the Lord led me into a series called Reset. And in the end, what I was saying was this: was that I think Reset that we're going to be talking about is probably the most important thing for a believer to understand and get a hold of. So that's why we wanted to introduce it to you. If our job here on the show Connection is to help you connect with Christ, and there's something that we're seeing in the Bible, in the Word, that we believe is probably the most important thing to connecting with Christ, we should probably talk about it. So yeah. that's why we're talking about it today.
1: Well and I feel like I'm supposed to share this. We uh recently we've got three kids. Two of our kids are girls and there's a we've got a thirteen year old and an eleven year old. And we were recently watching the old series, movie series Left Behind with Kirk Cameron. And you know, I feel like somebody is um, I feel like somebody can hear this and relate because, you know, they serve the Lord you know you watch and left behind is about yeah. the people that got left behind after the rapture, and one of them was a preacher right. and he's like, "Look, I was here in this um I was here in this church preaching and teaching to you, you know preaching and teaching for you every week, leading people to you, and why am I here and it's like that scripture that says, Why do you call me Lord Lord? I never knew you." And he had to reset. It was in yeah. that hitting bottom realizing half of my congregants are gone to be with you. And yet here I am sitting here. You know, I talk the talk. I walk the walk. But I never knew you.
0: Yeah.
1: And, and we got to realize just because we check the boxes, just because we sit in yes. church every time the doors open, just yes. because you know someone says, how are you? And we say, I'm blessed. Yeah. You know, doesn't mean that we know God. Yeah. And we have to reset that relationship and get back to our first love of God.
0: Amen. And in a pastoral position, we see this constantly where there's always somebody that's thinking in their mind, I've got this right. I'm, I'm, I'm doing what I need to be doing. I'm going to church. I'm believing God to come through for me. And what they're actually doing is they're not taking an honest assessment of themselves. They're not judging themselves. The word tells us that we need to judge ourselves so that we're not judged. And I see this constantly. It is one of the major problems uh, that I've seen with people is that they think they're okay. Yeah. And they don't really realize that they're not okay because they won't take an honest look at themselves until they hit bottom until the bottom falls out from under them and then they're going what happened and the what happened causes them to now take an honest look at themselves
1: or they want to judge themselves next to the world well i'm doing better than he is or better than she is instead of comparing themselves with the word of god
0: yeah and that is it the reason i react that way is because it's not because they're so bad in doing that it's because of the problems that that brings when people do that it's it, it hurts. We see it hurt people all the time, and we don't want people hurt. And so you have to take an honest look at yourself. But how much better is it to do that before the bottom falls out? How much better is it for you to do that before you you know have to run into that problem? And really what we're talking about there is pride and hum- humility. Humility says, I realize I can miss it. And so I would encourage you today as we're talking about what is reset... Open up your heart right now to say, you know what? There's probably a good chance that I can miss this, you know? I definitely feel that way about myself. I've learned over years that when I don't feel like that, when I don't express those thoughts and think that way inside of me, and I don't feel like I can miss it, it's only a matter generally of a few days that we are sitting there going, I need you. I got problems. (laughs) I got I got issues. issues i got issues, and and it comes from me not looking at myself. So um, one of the first things in establishing what Reset is is talking about the difference between relationship and fellowship. And would you like to tackle that?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I think probably the biggest, the easiest one to compare it to is like a husband and a wife because you're supposed to have an intimate knowledge of each other, an intimate relationship and fellowship with each other. Well, our relationship is husband and wife. But if we don't have a fellowship, we won't have that intimacy. We won't have that knowing each other inside and out, being able to tell each other everything and relate and um, thoroughly enjoy each other. Most of the time you'll find when marriages go south, it's because they've lost the fellowship. And it's the same way with God. You know, we've got the relationship of He is our Lord and we we are His children. But if we don't have that fellowship with Him, then he can't give us that love, that comfort, that peace, that joy. And yeah. if we don't take everything to him, having the relationship with him, that um, you know, and the fellowship with him, that we trust him, we know him, we talk with him, we fellowship with him, we spend time with him, you know. Then all of a sudden, we just have a relationship. We just have a well. He's my Lord. I'm his. I'm his daughter. But there's no fellowship. There's no joy in it. There's no peace in it. There's no provision. And we get to, you know, we get to one day going, how did I get here?
0: That's right. Yeah. And in other words, just because you know Jesus as your Savior doesn't mean that you're hanging out with him. And if you're not hanging out with him, you don't have connection. All of a sudden, you're cut off. You've cut yourself off from the lifeline that brings you life in abundance. And... uh, John 3.16, we talked about this last week, actually, or maybe it was a couple of weeks ago. We talked about this, that the purpose of Jesus' coming was to bring us eternal life. And the purpose of eternal life in John 17.3 says this, that they may know you, this is eternal life, that they may know you and the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. And when it says know you, it's, you know, honestly, it's talking about the same way that Adam knew Eve. Yeah. And then they had Cain and Abel, right? It's talking about an intimacy with God. It's talking about taking our spiritual relationship with God. I know that, you know, like earlier when we did that, you have issues. The reason why we know that is because we have lived with one another. We've hung out with one another so much that we start to know what each other's thinking. Where I'm going with a thought. She, I know where she's going with a thought. Well, why do we have that? Because we spent time together. Mm-hmm. Why do you have life? God is life in, for you in this walk on this earth. Why do you have life? Because you start to operate in God because you know who he is. You know his character. You know what he's about to say in that Before situation. he ever says it. Yes.
1: You don't, you get to... You have that fellowship so deep within you, so ingrained within you, that when something happens in life, you don't have to pick up a Bible or go in prayer. You know what your Diddy's going to say because you've developed that, you've, you've um, nurtured that fellowship and that relationship, and you've come to know each other so well that I don't have to ask Diddy. I mean, you know, there's things that go on in the church where some will say, well, well you ask Brian this and I'm like, I don't have to ask Brian, I know what his answer is gonna be. Yes. You know, and that's when we have a fellowship with God, it's that way. It's we start to develop that fellowship and talking back and forth so much and going through experiences so much with him that next time it happens, we just know what Diddy's gonna say. We know what Diddy would do because we've developed that fellowship and that relationship with him.
0: Yeah, yeah. And since y'all are beginning to fellowship with us here on the Connection Show, one of the things that, um, yes, your ears did not deceive you, uh, she did say Diddy, D-I-D-D-Y, and not Daddy. That's uh,
1: because that's the proper way to say it.
0: (laughs) So they're getting to know us, so now they'll know what you're talking about when you say I've teached. I've Uh,
1: I've taught (laughs) people how to say envelope. Yes. I will get you saying diddy before this show was over.
0: Well, and what I love about you saying that is this is that God has become so real to you yeah. that you see him as that loving diddy.
1: Yeah, you, you wake up in the that. morning, you say good morning diddy. It's yeah. not oh lord, you yeah. know, our father in heaven. Yeah. You know, it's a good morning diddy or when I goof up, it's like, "Oh, did you see what I just did there?" You know, when we talk yeah. We laughed. He he laughed at me the other day. <laughs> I did something. I had asked for something, and he gave it to me. And I was like, Lord, what are you doing? And he's like, <laughs> you asked for it. <laughs>
0: well, and see, here's the great thing about that is what you're explaining is exactly what Reset is. You're talking about how you're having and experiencing God on a daily mm-hmm. basis. That's exactly what we're talking about. There, we... There's three proofs that you're walking in reset. And the number one proof is... The presence. Yeah. The number one proof is you have the presence of God in your life. And the other two are that your prayers are answered. Number three is that you proclaim. We'll talk more about that. But number one is that you have the presence of God. In other words, what you were talking about is, hey, God was there. God Mm -hmm. was with me. He was laughing with me. He was was going along with me. That's awesome. That's reset. Because you're walking in a real and an intimate fellowship. You're actually living eternal life out right. not just in heaven you're living it out right now that's reset and you know we get this in revelation chapter 2 and verse 1 through 5 this is the scripture here and do uh, you want to read that let sure. you, let you do that so jesus is talking to the church at ephesus and he's given them some direction and it's a very interesting point because It's like he's painting the picture of this church that's awesome. He's painting the picture of a great church. I'm thinking if we saw this church, uh, we would say, you know, that is the church we want to be like. Um, I definitely have not felt like Boomerang Church that we pastor has always been like this picture. I don't think it's been this good. I think we've had times where we've really, you know, stubbed our toe and, and fallen down. You know, I think we've had moments where it, it really has not been like this picture is. But yet he paints this beautiful picture, this, this um, poster child of a church, and then he has a problem with it. Yeah. And so I'll let you read that.
1: All right, so Revelation 2, verses 1 through 5. To the angel of the church in Ephesus, write. The one who holds the seven stars in his right hand, the one who walks among the seven golden lampstands, says this, I know your deeds and your toil and perseverance, and that you cannot tolerate evil men. And you put to the test those who call themselves apostles, and they are not, and you found them to be false. And you have perseverance and have endured for my name's sake, and have not grown weary. But I have this against you, That you have left your first love. Therefore, remember from where you have fallen and repent and do the deeds you did at first. Or else, I'm coming to you and will remove your lampstand out of its place unless you repent.
0: So, it's very interesting in here. He says, I want you to look at this church because I want you to see some of the things that they're talking about. He says, I know your deeds, I know your toil and your perseverance. Now, the only picture that we have in this particular section of scriptures that gives us an idea that there's something off, something's off base, is right here where he says, your toil. Mm -hmm. Because in Christ, we're not supposed to be in toil. We can go through triumph, we can go through things, and we can come out the other side victorious always is his promise if if we'll listen to that. But we are not supposed to be toiling over it. That was a part of the curse, and we're redeemed from the curse. So he says, but you have to understand, they were working hard. And that's a good thing, to work hard. It's just the attitude, toil, I don't want to get off in that, but toil is when we are trying to take the care of it on ourselves and not letting God be God in the situation. But they were working hard, and they had perseverance. Let me say this, when you get in reset... And you actually get into that intimate fellowship with God. Things that used to be hard to you are not as hard anymore. That's what I'm talking about with the toil. But he he shows us that there's something a little off kilter. And it is not being in that reset relationship. He says, I know your perseverance. Well, perseverance is a great thing that we're supposed to be in. You don't tolerate evil men. You put to test those who call themselves apostles. And you found them to be false. Now... I know that a few years ago, the Lord started leading me to check out some things about the difference in the fivefold ministry the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. And so I started seeking some answers about, like, what is a prophet? What is an apostle? Looking at those from a biblical perspective. And the truth is, I had a really hard time finding people that knew. The correct answer to that and knew a biblical explanation of it. they just weren't in abundance that really understood those offices and so here's this church it's obvious that they are well taught that they have some knowledge of the word because not only uh, they find apostles they know how to test them well. I don't know that many people that even know the difference, much less how to test them today. So these guys are moving in some higher level stuff. And then it says, You have perseverance. You have endured. This is great things. You have not grown weary. Man, growing weary in our ministry is one of the things that has been one of our biggest battles to make sure that we're not growing weary. Mm -hmm. So they have done this, passed the test, come out the other side, have not grown weary. And then he says, But I have this against you. So he paints this great big picture that's awesome. But then he says, but there's something you're missing. Now I want you to see, they've been working. They've been doing a lot of good stuff. Is that not evident? That they've been doing some great stuff. And yet, they're missing it. And it goes on to say, if you don't change this, I'm coming and I will remove your lampstand out of its place. Mm -hmm. In other words... All of your work does not compare to you missing this. Right. You missing this, you need to fix it or else I'm going to have to remove you and all of your works out of this place. This is a big deal that he's talking about. And so what is he talking about? He's talking about you have left your first love. So you, you know how to answer this. When does that first love actually take place? Do we have the capability of actually loving before Christ?
1: No, because without, I mean, God is love. So without knowing God, it's absolutely impossible to know love and to be able to love. Because yes. without the absence, or with, with the absence of God in your life, is the absence of love. Now, you can have ooey gooey feelings, you can have lust, you can have like, but you yep. cannot love without God.
0: We, we say we actually use love and... Uh as one word in the English language today. But when in the Bible, it's actually used in several different ways. And most of the time, when people say, I love something, it means what they're really saying is, I lust something. I like it a whole lot. It makes me happy. Mm-hmm. But love is an unconditional giving. God is love. And it tells us in 1 John 4 that those who do not love do mm-hmm. not yeah. know God. Yeah. So what it's saying is this, is if you don't know God, You don't have the capability of love. You don't have that capability. So in other words, when you've left your first love, you can't have it till you receive Jesus. Right. So in other words, you left that first time that you loved, that first moment that you fell in love with God. Uh, The primary commandment, the, the first commandment Jesus says is, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And that means with everything that I am, I'm loving on him. I'm unconditionally giving. I'm, I'm getting to know him. And in the very first commandment of the Ten Commandments in Exodus chapter 20, the first one is, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Well, the, you can literally translate the part that says before me, you can literally translate that to say my face." In other words, you shall have no other gods that come between your face and my face. So God is saying, don't let anything come between us. Don't let anything come between that first love, that first knowing, that intimate fellowship that we are designed to have. And so then one of the ways that we've talked about this is, think about this, the, the first commandment, the primary commandment that Jesus talked about, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. In that situation, he's saying that if you melt me down, the core of who I am, I'm loving you with all of it. Everything I have, all of my priorities are you, Lord, right? So think about this when you first fell in love. And me asking you this, <laughs> she's making eyes at me. You, me asking you this question is funny, but I, I, I can say it from my perspective. When I first fell in love with you, uh, here on earth in that fleshly kind of love, my thoughts were invaded with thoughts of you. My, my actions were invaded. With thoughts of you. I, everything, while I was at work, while I was falling asleep at mm-hmm. night, while I was, everything I did, I was thinking about you. And that's an awesome moment. And I, and I just really love that moment. Yeah. And it's great. And the truth of the matter is, if you are in a relationship and you felt that some of this has gone away, maybe you need to go back and, and date again. You know, fall in love all over again. And, and But here's one of the keys to it. I allowed my thoughts, my thinking, my actions, my everything, my life at that moment, you know, those first few weeks and months and you I was going, I I just want to spend time with you.
1: Yeah, everything you did was for that person. So I you know Yeah. I know for me it was the same way. Everything I did was for Brian. When I did my schedule, I did it so that I could see Brian the absolute most (laughs) I could. You know, when we were You rescheduled
0: your life. Yes. So that you would be around.
1: I scheduled everything around him. Now I went to work and I went to school and I did what I had to do. But when it came time to you know go to work, I worked at my job at the times so that I could see him the most. When it came you know time for chores or stuff at home because I was still living with my parents, I did my chores and my stuff in such a way that I could have the most time with him. When I went shopping, I bought clothes that I thought he would like the best. When I you know. Went and bought food. I bought food that I thought he would like the most, and I did anything and everything with him and mine, and you know, and that's it. that's the first love with God. It's the same way when you know when you first get so saved. I was
0: I was your priority.
1: Yes, yes, everything about my life was shaped and based on my love for Brian.
0: Yeah. So this is a picture of our love for God. Yeah. I think that's, that's the picture that people can relate to the most mm-hmm. is when they fell in love with their spouse or with their boyfriend or girlfriend the first time, and that's the picture that I think we can relate to because when we get born again, most, most people, not everybody, so this is not an absolute proof, but it shows the relationship right. that I'm talking about. Yeah. Most people, when they truly get born again, all of their thoughts, all of their actions, They just want to read their Bible. They just want to get to know God more. They want to talk to Him. They They want to spend time with Him. Do what pleases Him. Yeah, they make God their priority. Yeah. And why is that their first love? Because this is the first time that they were actually capable of loving when they accepted love for themselves. When you accepted Christ, that's when you accepted love, and that's now when you were capable of giving love for the first time. And you, and your first love was God. If you accepted Christ, your very first love really truly was a love for the Father. An intimacy with Him. So, if we leave that first love, what happens? It's the same thing like when we are sitting there and all of a sudden, you know, our relationship gets dull. And we don't, you know... It's not as exciting as it was at the beginning. And all of a sudden, you know, we just instead of sitting there and talking to you, we'll click on the TV. Mm -hmm. You know, all of a sudden we'll, you know, do something else to keep that excitement. And why is that? Because all of a sudden we've not made each other a priority.
1: We've let the ways of the world or kids or a job or whatever come between our faces.
0: So a symptom that we need life back in us, is that our relationship with God becomes dull. That we're walking away Mm -hmm. from that first love. So reset is resetting that first love in your life. Reset is really talking about, Lord, I'm going to make you a priority again. I'm going to connect to you. Do you have anything as we finish up?
1: Well, it's just, you know, it's the same advice we would give to marriages that are in trouble as, you know, Start spending time with each other again. Start dating each other again, and it's the same way when we when we start seeing those symptoms of a you know non reset fellowship, or when we start seeing those symptoms of a dull relationship with God. It's it's reset back to those first days. You know yeah. when you started thinking, what could, what could I do to make my daddy happy? You know I want to read. I want to learn about Him. It's to get back in the Word, turn on teaching and preaching, yes. so you can learn who He is. Because as you learn who He is suddenly you learn, oh, my goodness, he loves me so much more than anybody else can love me. And you start to learn more about who you are and the love that he's pouring out to you, and you can't help but to love him.
0: You know, a lot of times here, here, you know, we kind of joke about this, but it really is true. Somebody will be in love with God, in that reset, intimate fellowship with God, and then they go to church. Yeah. (laughs) And it's just like... They'll be in love with each other, their love here on this earth, and then all of a sudden they start talking to their parents or talking to their friends, and their friends start letting them uh, come out of making that person a priority. Right now, no matter where you're at, just turn to God and say this, Lord, today I make you my priority. I want to fall in love with you again. I I want to change my way and go back to what I did at first. I want to reset with you. I want to have your love intimate in my life again and be empowered. We thank you for joining us this week, and we just praise God for you. Have a great week. Thank you for joining Brian and Nicole on this week's broadcast of Connection. Connection is all about connecting you more intimately with Jesus. Through that, we want to help you find your joy again and really live. Contact us or watch more shows online at connectionshow.org.
1: We love you. Have a great week.